This is KMUW, Wichita Public Radio. Engage ICT is a community engagement event of KMUW Wichita. The following event took place on December 11th at Roxy's downtown. Okay, you guys, we're going to go ahead and get started. Good evening. Welcome to Engage ICT Democracy on Tap. Uh, I'm Sarah Jane Crespo with KMUW, and I'm very Glad to see such a big crowd out here tonight. It's very exciting. Um, before we get started, I want to thank our partners with Engage ICT, uh, the event series, uh, Roxy's Downtown, of course, for the venue and food. They've made such a good home for us here at Roxy's, and we really appreciate that. Um, also, the Wichita Public Library every month provides a resource guide. It's just more uh, information for you. They, it's a list of books and videos and online articles and all kinds of things um, about each of the topics that we cover. They're really cool resources, and we really appreciate that. So let's have a round of applause for the library. So um, as you all will notice, you've got question slips on the tables. Uh, please take advantage of those. We want to get your questions answered at these events. Um, there are also donation slips if you appreciate Engage ICT and want to support it in particular. Um, you just write Engage ICT on the envelope and put whatever you want inside. Uh, and we appreciate that. So we'll go ahead and get started here. Um, I'm going to let the panel introduce themselves for you and kind of tell you a little bit about their background and uh, their relation to the issue of Century 2. Um, and then we'll, we'll get into some questions. So let's start uh, at the far side there, Larry Weber with the Garvey Center. <laughs> Sorry, Larry, <laughs> why don't you jump in first? Tell us a little bit uh, about you yourself. Okay. You've got uh, a... Oh, yeah, fine. Right. Sorry. See how I was screwing up. <laughs> Okay, uh, Larry Weber, I'm with the Garvey Center. Uh, I've been there 21 years. Prior to that, I managed the Holiday Inn as a hotel during the uh, bankruptcy days. Uh, my wife was raised here in Wichita, and I was fortunate enough to grab her and marry her and get transferred back up here. So uh, my association with Century 2, other than being the largest private property owner adjacent to the building is that it, it has just been a warm spot for us for many, many years through conventions, through my kids' experience. I have uh, a grandchild that's a part of music theater. She's been in several productions. Uh, I'm a uh, season ticket holder and uh, just love the, the facility and what we do with the arts here in Wichita. And uh, that's my connection. I've been on the committee uh, appointed by the mayor uh, simply because of my facility background, my ability to take projects and uh, create them into very uh, useful properties. Uh, you remember the hotel as a Holiday Inn never really worked well, but at, now as an apartment building, we're 100% occupied, have been for years. Uh, we had a one-year wait list to get an apartment, so uh, we can create uh, good, viable things out of many facilities. And so that's why I'm on the committee. Thank you, Larry. Uh, next is Mary Beth Jarvis with Wichita Festivals. Mary Beth. Good evening, everybody. Uh, it's great to be here. Uh, I have My day job, as mentioned, is the head of Wichita Festivals, uh, proud producers of the amazing sort of flagship event for our community, Riverfest, though we also produce 
Autumn and Art at Bradley Fair, did a little three-day mini festival during the NCAA festivities last spring. Uh, we handled the events at the grand opening of the new airport terminal. Uh, we are a 501c3 charitable organization, community-based with the mission of unifying and helping to enhance the community through large-scale large celebrations. Uh, in, in that day job, which uh, though these days sometimes feels like my second full-time job, um, we have become intimately familiar with the uh, use with Century 2 and the land surrounding it, and frankly, the overall um, logistics and realities of holding large-scale events both indoors and outdoors in downtown Wichita. And so I was honored uh, to be asked by the mayor to not only serve on the committee uh, on behalf of, of all the citizens, but to chair that committee. And I'll tell you, since we first got together back in February, it's been the most amazing learning experience. We have 12 individuals, incredibly diverse backgrounds, cellists to bankers uh, and everything in between. And we all started out with a different uh, set of exposures to Century 2. Uh, Larry mentioned his, Carla has hers, but we all had different kind of baseline knowledge about the physical facility, the operations, and the potential, in addition to having thoughts about uh, the greatness of our performing arts organizations, uh, both presently and in the past, and an ambition to keep them great in the future. Uh, but what we've learned from each other and how we as a collective body have uh, gotten each other up to speed on our own areas of expertise. Uh, on you all's behalf, we have spent literally thousands of hours poring over studies, touring the facility, uh, asking questions of contractors and consultants, and trying to get smart on this. So at the end of our process, we can recommend to the community uh, the very best solution for Century 2. So I'm honored to serve and excited to be here tonight. Thank you. Uh, next on the line here is Mitch Sutherland from Music Theater Wichita. So you're in the building every day. I am. I am. Um, so hey, everybody. My name's Mitch Sutherland. I'm the production manager for Music Theater Wichita, uh, up here representing uh, the tenants who are, are the uh, users of the building alongside the symphony, the opera, music theater for young people, uh, and that set of people. Um, uh, really excited to be up here. I think it's very, very important that we as the tenant organizations, as the hometown artistic entities here in Wichita, have a voice in what happens uh, with Century 2. Uh, no matter what, what the ultimate outcome is, I think it's very, very important that we have a seat at the table uh, and have some say in, in what ultimately happens. Um, in my role as production manager, uh, I spend most of my time behind the scenes. So all the things you don't see <laughs> with the building, I do. Uh, we, uh, I, I oversee the, man uh, the, the building of the sets, the props, the costumes, the hanging of lights, uh, the wiring of microphones, the stage managers, the wardrobe personnel, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so uh, I think I have a, a pretty unique view into um, sort of the areas that the public doesn't see within the building. Um, I'm a transplant to Wichita. Uh, I grew up in Tulsa, uh, so not far from here. I uh, went to school at University of Oklahoma. Uh, spent a couple of years up in Chicago doing production management work before I moved down here. Um, this is going to be my sixth summer working with Music Theater Wichita, my fourth uh, as a full-time employee. Uh, and I've uh, just been really, really impressed with the artistic community that exists here in Wichita. Uh, I feel very, very at home here. 
uh, and I'm uh, happy to do whatever I can to uh, help steer this discussion towards a, a positive uh, outcome, whatever that may be. Thank you. Um, our last panelist of the e evening is Carla Fazio. Uh, Carla, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hello. First of all, thank you for having us here today. And I, um, my background is in the law, but I have been a community volunteer, uh, mostly in art organizations for the last probably 12 to 13 years. Um, as a member of Junior League, um, also as a, a board member at Mark Arts and the planning, uh, construction, and opening of the new Mark Arts facility. Um, also uh, opera board member. And um, in those roles, I have um, had many occasions to uh, be in Sanctuary 2 as a patron and, and uh, just in, in operations. And I feel that um, it's an honor to be asked to, to serve on the committee and really get educated, as Mary Beth said, on the condition of the building and really looking at the future and what recommendations can be made to, to move it forward. Um, it, uh, the uh, the um, Performing Arts uh, Center in a city is such a vital part of the community and um, we really are, it's an exciting uh, crossroads that we're in and I'm honored to, to serve in, in this capacity. Thank you. Thank you. Let's have a, a round of applause to welcome our panel tonight. Um, and now, the, it was a 12-person committee, which we, we have three of you here from this committee. Uh, did each of you have different roles, or how did the breakdown of work go? Well, it's interesting. We started out um, with very much the idea that we needed to get on a, a level playing field with each other. And so I feel like the first two or three months of our time together was spent uh, learning from the facility itself and those who use it and live there. And we spent lots of time both interviewing and, and, uh, and touring with the tenants, but also learning from each other. Uh, and we made sure that each of the small group meetings we participated in, a couple of us would head out to talk to music theater and a different couple would go talk to the opera. And we would put a diverse group of people together for each of those discussions so that somebody with a banking background was there to ask those questions about finance and operations uh, and, and expertise like Larry's was put to use. Uh, while at the same time, someone with a performing arts background had the opportunity to make sure those questions got asked. And so we didn't start out with separate roles. I will say over time that we have um, divided the work into subgroups and assigned each other homework in small groups that allow, you know, we want to pair an architect with a banker and a fine arts professional so that that group can take a look at, for example, we've looked at different remodel scenarios, we've looked at different communities, what they've done in cities outside of Wichita that's been successful or not so successful, what did it cost, how did they finance it, uh, how quickly were they able to move forward. So we sent ourselves out on research journeys and we did so with groups that were strategically diverse so that that knowledge that came back came from a variety of perspectives. Okay, um, and just to kind of back this up a little bit here, um, and I, I looked up some history of Century Two. I'm from Wichita, but you know, I didn't know. Uh, so Century Two is designed in the style of Frank Lloyd Wright by architect John Hickman to represent the prairie with its sandy color uh, walls and the big Kansas sky with the blue dome. Huh, I didn't know. <laughs> A lot of you probably knew that. You knew uh, there had to be a reason, I right? I mean, 
didn't think about it. Uh, built in 1969 to commemorate Wichita's centennial. Uh, and of course, nowadays, Century 2 may be the most recognizable building in Wichita. Uh, but with sound bleeding, uh, an issue with broken elevators, and uh, I don't know how much that is continuing, but drainage issues, asbestos uh, problems, um, other maintenance needs uh, are all making working there difficult. Um, plus, it doesn't meet all of the ADA requirements for accessibility. Um, and so I think everyone agrees that something has to be done, uh, but what that is remains to be seen. So let's outline the main possibilities for what will happen to Century 2. Well, I think, um, I think one of the ways to get at that is to actually start first with some of those issues, uh, because until you know what you're working with, it's hard to know what you should do with it, right? And as someone who is um, uh, slightly older than Century 2, I want to give it its props for getting to 50 with as much um, functionality as it has. I mean, frankly, um, there's, you know, this, this you, you look behind the scenes at the catwalks, the drainage channels that have been created by, you know, duct tape and bungee cords, the, the um, asbestos warnings, you know, and the masks you wear. I mean, this place has been MacGyvered more than a 76 Pinto, right? But, <laughs> but when you go for a performance or you attend an event, you are A, getting a super high quality product from our fine arts organizations, huge props to them. But you don't notice a lot of that, right? You know, the, so um, I, I think I give all due credit to the folks that have helped a facility that was designed and built when no one could imagine the technical requirements, uh, the modern day shows, you know, that ceiling can't hold the chandelier of Phantom of the Opera, which is a 30-year-old show, let alone, you know, could have been envisioned or designed with Hamilton in mind, right? You just, so the, it was incredibly forward-looking at the time, but 50 years later, the, um, the issues are, are many. And so as you look at the what can be done, you first have to understand the baseline. So a very unfortunate baseline is that there's about $100 million of not even sexy stuff, right? There's the ADA, make it accessible to all, which I think our community deserves and all segments of our population deserves, um, to abate the asbestos that is currently creating working conditions that are not what they need to be, to repair the catwalks uh, that are ridiculously um, fragile and, and um, mind-bogglingly, uh, I don't want to say unsafe, because I'm sure we've patched it together to something that OSHA doesn't scream at every day. But the, you know, the hydraulics uh, of the elevator break down, and we end up lugging cellos up the stairs. I mean, so we're at 100 mil. We have a, a loading dock that doesn't, that can't accommodate uh, tractor trailers. And so when you have equipment to unload, you're driving over a public plaza, you're schlepping it through an event hall, which then cannot be used for anything else. You're lugging it through the back of one stage to another stage to another stage. And so logistically and operationally, we're at a point where um, whatever we do, it's going to take a huge effort. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you can comment on some of those things. So what, what we, you know, if, it was, if you were a homeowner or if this was your business, you'd have this level of 
places you've got to go to just be safe and secure and sound and up to code, right? Well, that place is like 100 million bucks. And so the question is, then what? Because then you haven't done a single thing to add to the wing space or increase the technological capabilities. And so those bills are tacked on from there. So I think the go forward, the one thing we're very certain about right now is that there are no small solutions. And I think that scope is really important to understand. And Mary Beth, um, I just wanted to jump in and also mention, um, I mean, we're talking big ticket items. HVAC units are at the end of their usable life. The roof leaks and um, to Century 2's credit, they, they tried to, to make the best of the situation, but um, you know, every time it rains, it's fingers crossed and hope, um, hope everything stays together. And I think as a patron, you go in there and you, know, you look around and you think maybe it's a little dated, but it's not that bad. But the reality is that behind the scenes, it really is that bad. If I could, um, Mary Beth put this just so perfectly, so I won't go back over any of that. All of these are issues that we have to deal with every single day that we work in this facility. And we, as an organization, have become uh, great, I think, in spite of that in many ways. For the first few years of its operational life, uh, I, think, I think it was a brand new facility. It, was, it had everything you needed back in 1969 to put on a, 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 a perfectly fine show. But as technology has increased, it hasn't kept up. There hasn't been the money allocated to uh, update these systems. And another way I'd like to look at this as well, um, because I don't want to spend all day uh, sort of ragging on Century 2. It's my home. It's where I work every day. It's, it's what we have. And we're incredibly grateful for that. Um, the, the other way to look at this is that Music Theater Wichita, uh, part of our mission is to educate the next group of young professionals who are going to be working in this industry. You, I, I think um, the public might take for granted the fact that we have a very, uh, we have a nationally renowned theater company in Music Theater Wichita training talent here in Wichita. We, you go to New York and mention our organization and people know who we are. Uh, here in Wichita, Kansas, and I think that's remarkable. Um, if if we don't put the, yeah. oh sorry, and and that is not at all. I'm not trying to put feathers in my hat or anything like that or in my organization's hat. All I'm saying is that if we want to continue to operate at that scale, if we want to continue to give people uh, the best education they can get, if we want to keep our national reputation as a place people go for training. Uh, we have to do these things, and we have to do them now because if we wait another 10 years, uh, our production values are going to plateau or even drop off as people, uh, frankly, uh, might not want to work in the facility. <laughs> um, so that's, that's another way to look at this. You know. So uh, we're talking about renovation or raising the building and building a new building. Are there other possibilities out there that, uh, that we're not talking about, Larry? Well, when you say raise the building, that's not, nor that's not what we're saying. I mean, by no means are we saying the building has to come down to do a new building. You can do a new building on the property without taking down Century 2 and then decide what you want to do with Century 2. So but there's a distinction between renovating the building and creating a new building that looks like the old building? This well, no. Yeah, I think what are we saying? <laughs> I think one of the ways I'd put it is that our committee was charged with trying to make a recommendation on behalf of the citizenry to city leadership for what's the best path for performing arts in this community 
going forward for the next 50 years. Now, there's a couple of distinctions about that. First of all, when Century 2 was first built, it was kind of two-thirds, one-thirds performing arts and convention space. So if you guys have spent time in exhibition hall or convention hall or gone to a high school graduation or gone to a charity fundraiser um, in some of the expanses of Century 2 that are not concert hall or Mary Jane Teal Theater, two-thirds of the space uh, was considered convention space. It is very clear that that is not acceptable convention space for anybody going forward. So our charter is performing arts because the convention facilities uh, need to be up to today's specs and in the round building those aren't going to be you know, well staged or profitable. So our charter is what's the most, um, what is the wisest course of action the soundest course of action for performing arts in Wichita going forward. And if that is doing something extensive with the round building, if that's doing something with part of the round building, if that's doing something new near or somewhere else uh, in downtown, those options are all on the table. But as Larry said, um, the 300,000 plus square feet of the Century Two round building less than half of which is actually needed for a viable, forward-looking performing arts center. You know, what all gets done with that square footage with or without performing arts in it uh, is not necessarily within our scope, but we want to have some recommendations around. Um, so the Convention Sports and Leisure International uh, organization conducted a, a market assessment study in 2013 uh, and found that which I could uh, significantly grow its convention and arts business with better facilities. This is getting outside of your area here, but uh, the more recent um, uh, group, Arup Advisory, uh, did a study in 2017. Are these at all informing your work, or have these uh, played a role in that? From a, uh, my background as a hotel manager, uh, I would say most definitely those studies do show that there's a need for updated convention. But again, our scope was the performing arts, and that's where we really focused on. Uh, but arts is, makes a community viable. Mm -hmm. And conventioneers, uh, when they choose a city, that's a very important part of why they come for meetings and conventions. What's the arts? What's, what's the theater? What's going to be there? Mm -hmm. And so the two are tied together. So how is... Uh, do you have any read at all on how the decisions about the convention side of it are going to go, or are, is there a, a group, you know, convened to talk about that bit of it? Well, I think when we began our work, as you as you mentioned, Century Two is an integrated facility, performing arts and conventions, and frankly, the entire sort of core downtown area has had lots of really smart people studying it for a number of years. In fact, if there is one one of the complaints or uh, points that we hear as members of the community or members of the committee when we're out in the community is like enough studies already. Um, you know, how many years of, you know, wringing our hands do we need before we move forward? But here's where I would characterize the two paths of convention and performing arts. I think the, it's easier to study the ROI of the convention business. It is easier to do the economics based on other cities and you know, the convention industry. There are, there are ways to take a look at the return on that that make 
an independent path for conventions viable. And when we, I will tell you, when we started this process, the mayor and the city manager and other members of city staff gave us a glimpse into what they what their thoughts were. And that was that we really did have both a compelling economic case and the beginnings of a method for, for affording it to make a move on convention. They're taking a breath on that so that we can get caught up to that level on the performing arts. So uh, we have seen a couple different options, but I believe they're all viable options for how our convention facilities can either be enlarged or be renewed in a way that will be profitable. We just want to make sure that that's an integrated plan with the thoughts going forward on performing arts. Because, I mean, you guys have seen it. We create brilliant ideas in silos and end up with things that look like pitch patch. Um, so we don't want to hold things back until, you know, the perfect solution, because that'll never come. Or we won't be able to afford it, one of the two. Um, but we do want to have an integrated thought process. So while that's not within the scope of this committee, the convention cocktail napkin ideas are on, are on a pause until we come up with a recommendation and then they can be thought about in an integrated way for city leadership and the community. So uh, what is the timeline for the rest of this? You're going to present a, uh, your recommendations and you know, what, where does the rest of it go? Carly, you look well, like... We're in, we're in a process right now of getting community engagement, having meetings like this. Members of our community have been um, going to various organizations and, and really trying to get the, the public's feedback at this point. I mean, we've done our research for several months and now we're, we're trying to, to get feedback uh, from the citizens and uh, we'll be attending various uh, city meetings uh, and community meetings uh, through December and January. And I think, Mary Beth, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think our goal is to present our recommendation in, in early, early 2019. Yeah, that's exactly right. We, um, it's interesting that we're dovetailing our process with the progress made and the broader community input gathered by Project Wichita. How many folks in the room are kind of familiar with Project Wichita's approach? So basically this was, um, boy gosh, more than 100 different private sector and public sector entities banded together to lead a community feedback effort that was substantial. Uh, hundreds of focus groups, 14,000 people responded to detailed surveys. And, and those surveys, through every demographic, every age group, every part of town, every um, socioeconomic class, every ethnicity, represented in statistically significant numbers. So it is, truly is an accurate rendition of the people's priorities and feelings around the community. 14,000 people said quite clearly um, what some of the highest priorities for Wichita ought to be in order to make strides to the community we want to be in the next 10 years. So Project Wichita is going to have kind of a soft announcement of their high priorities, their, the results of their studies and their task forces as we hit uh, between December 31st and the second week of January. And then we will come out with our recommendation to city leadership then following that by the end of January. So this is exactly the time that we want to engage. It's partly educating maybe telling you about some of the circumstances that have developed at Century 2 with which you might not be familiar, but also getting feedback. Uh, and we'll do so through, through a variety of means, as Carla indicated, uh, between now and the middle part of January. 
Um, does Century Two qualify, or is it registered as a historical building? Is that something we know? It is not. Um, that said, everything we do needs to be mindful of its iconic stance. I mean, its iconic place in both our history and our skyline, uh, and we need to handle that with appropriate respect. Um, it. It may not be the only factor in the equation, but it's in the equation regardless of a historical registry status. It does seem like there's a, a balancing act, or even maybe not even a balancing act, a choice that is sometimes made between uh, history and preserving history and uh, something done for the good of the economy that uh, Meade's Corner, you know, the imminent destruction of, of Meade's Corner uh, being an example. But, I mean, before Century Two existed, there was the forum that sat there before it, and you know who re remembers that? I mean, you know what? It's just yeah. time I, I, marches on. I would like to. <laughs> I would like to. I would like to ask the crowd how many people remember in 1965, 66. I mean, I worked for Willard Garvey, so everybody probably knows that I have a lot of history background and listening to, to him tell stories. But how many remember the articles in the paper that said, don't tear down the forum? It's an iconic building. I mean, we were, that was our building. And it was, don't tear it down. It, it works great. Well, it did. Yeah, Lawrence Dumont Stadium, sure, there can be a number of things that we say, don't tear down. I mean, I'm not advocating tear down things, but there are things that change. Uh, if you go over to Century 2 now and uh, go down in the basement and you want to get a phone call via your phone, guess what? Forget it. It doesn't reach. Now, how many of you can conduct your business without Internet access? You can't. Uh, the, this is the sort of thing that we face every day with that facility. And uh, as far as what we're going to do, in educating and talk about it, that's where we're at right now. Yeah, I think we, I mean, as a committee, we've really looked at a lot of examples. And some of them are um, aspirational sort of parallels. Yankee Stadium, right? The old Yankee Stadium, the house that Ruth built, the tradition, the iconic nature of that facility. And they built the new one kind of next to it and then tore that one down. Well, if you're going to do that, you're going to tear down Yankee Stadium, you darn well better do it for something that is suitably iconic uh, and functional into the future. And I think that's the approach that um, we've got to be mindful of. If, if Century 2 can be renovated uh, and the community looks at the choice and the price tag for doing that in a way that actually serves these amazing performing arts organizations for the next 50 years, uh, and, do, and, and, they, and we want to do that within the constraints of a roof that's not tall enough and, you know, that it needs to be redesigned in order to support the chandelier for Phantom of the Opera and the wing space that's needed and all that, that's a choice. But if we're going to not make that choice and we're going to do something different because it's two and a half times bigger than you need, and there's ways to build a new facility that give you future-looking capabilities more efficiently, well, then we better do that thoughtfully. We better do it thoughtfully for um, the quality of what that gets replaced by and whether or not there is a different use 
first century to uh, or a new future for that space? Because frankly, you choose, right? 300,000 plus square feet of space under roof. Could that be the greatest public gathering space park one has ever convened? Anybody been up to Millennium Park in Chicago? The Bean, right? Like in, in how many short years did it take for taking a picture in front of that weird looking kidney bean metal sculpture to become the symbol of visiting Chicago? Um, they did that with a future looking examination of public space. Whether you've ever been to the Frank Geary Amphitheater next to it for a fine arts performance or not, you know Millennium Park and the Bean and the, the iconic space that they created. So my point is, if you're going to replace an icon, you better do it thoughtfully and you better do it with a vision for something that is superior, not meh. <laughs> no meh. Um, I have a ton of audience questions, so let's try to get through some of these here. Um, have you thought about or have you done any public tours, the sort of scary underbelly of Century 2 in the process of this uh, committee? Yeah. Or Mitch, have you done some? <laughs> All the time. Uh, every summer we invite people down into the basement. It's our favorite thing to show people what goes on behind the scenes. <laughs> Everybody in this room, if you come see a show at Music Theater, reach out. We'd be happy to show you what happens behind the scenes. That increases public awareness of, of what goes on in that building, and it's uh, something we... I, I love doing it. I love taking time out of my day to do that, so we, we welcome that. Yeah, I don't know where y'all were on the Saturday after Thanksgiving, um, but at 11 a.m. on that day, I and a number of, of interested citizens were doing the Walk Along Well. Mayor Longwell does his little walky thingy Anyway, they scheduled it for inside Century 2 on that day, and so we walked around the inside of Century 2 and got sort of the belly of the beast tour. Uh, the YPWs, the youth, Young Professionals of Wichita, organized by the Wichita Chamber, were holding an event there with an underbelly tour uh, coming up this, well, next week. Uh, we've done a tour with a variety of groups, and more are welcome to come, because it's truly eye-opening. Um, Besides, you get to see like the dressing rooms where you know the stars go. You'll be amazed at what we do with the space where we're allocated down there. Our shop is uh, not anything uh, spectacular. I, again, I don't mean to disparage it, but I think uh, if you come and visit, you will be uh, very surprised at, at what we're able to put on stage uh, in the facility. So, and something that <clears throat> excuse me, something that I learned. Uh, on one of these tours is that uh, even though there are three different um, venues within Century 2, um, they can't all be occupied at the same time on any given day because of the sound bleed. So if the symphony is performing, um, they can't have another um, uh, you know, performing arts event that would have music because there would be the sound bleed. So uh, from a rental perspective and an economic perspective from the city, um, you'd want to have as much occupancy as you can, and under the current condition, that can't happen. As a multi-use space, it, it does really fall short in that aspect. We mentioned the loading docks earlier. That's another aspect. Um, I think when you try and do a multitude of things really, really well, I think you can sometimes fall short. Uh, and I think that's kind of the case we're, we're at now. I, I, this can be fixed uh, via renovation. It can be fixed via a new building. Music Theater Wichita doesn't... Uh, have a stance one way or another. We would just want to make sure that 
uh, us and the other arts organizations in the building are consulted. And I know I sort of opened with that, but that's how important it is to us that I'm going to mention it one more time, that uh, whatever course we take, uh, a, a committee comprised of our organizations that actually has teeth in this and has a stake in this, uh, wh whatever, whatever it may look like, uh, that's going to be vitally important moving forward because we're the ones who will ultimately be using the building and having to make it work uh, in, no matter what path is chosen. like to throw out there uh, one thing that I, we talk about the education. Uh, it is, as I told you, my granddaughter is in uh, music theater and the education aspect of it is fabulous. Uh, they've got 17,000 feet dedicated to just the education, bringing kids in and, uh, and teaching them. But the, uh, one of the things that we really cannot afford, and uh, I say this from a hotel management standpoint, from just an operator, we cannot afford to let the current uh, tenants go dark. Uh, Thank you. If they're one, 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 one season, one season of going dark will put them out of business. We have no place to go other than Century 2. I have, I've seen this in other cities. I've managed hotels in Houston, Dallas, uh, Birmingham, and you close them down, they will never come back. And or they may come back, but not at the level that we are right now. There are these people that come work for them in the summers and work and learn. They're going to find another place, and once they're out of our rotation, they're gone. So we cannot afford whatever we do to let them go dark. At the risk of speaking out of school here, the symphony will uh, run up against major labor shortages. The musicians in this city have a hard enough time. <laughs> Uh, goodness knows, uh, a season of, of darkness for the symphony, uh, you're going to have musicians moving to Kansas City, they're going to move to Tulsa, they're going to move to Oklahoma City, they're going to move to Denver, they're going to move out of this city, and we're going to have a hard time rebuilding that population. Again, that's not my organization, but I, I know that that's the case for them. So what would some strategies be to prevent that? If the building is torn down or that portion or whatever, um, how, are, how is that to be dealt with? Yeah, we have, I mean, there any solution, uh, any option that necessitates um, making the building unusable, has, we've just taken them off the table. Um, now there is a renovation scenario that would put the newer facilities in basically what's now the convention space, exhibition hall, concert hall. You can fit a modern, according to the consultants, all of the facets of a modern performing arts space, the right wing space, the right ceiling height, all of the, the, spe the specifics that are needed can fit in the part of Century 2 that is not currently used for performing arts. Um, and you could have a remodel plan that goes along concurrent with the operation of Concert Hall and Mary Jane Teal Theater. That said, there are constraints of the building. I mentioned ceiling height. Can you go down? Is that even architecturally possible? And we've got folks looking into that. Um, can the ceiling structure and the ring structure support a modern facility in that piece? For those of you that paid attention to this issue last fall, so like 15 months ago last fall, when the city council was debating, when the AREP study came out, council was debating, tear it down, build new, Bill Warren's taking out ads. There was lots of people with opinions, and I love the opinions. But the remodel scenario that at the time became the city's slight preference, then they kind of backed off from that and got us studying it. 
That remodel scenario was you take the, the blue Frisbee of Century 2 and you pop a box up through it. It made, it was way too many compromises. Um, though, to be fair, it didn't make the performing arts organizations go dark. Um, so we have been struggling to find a remodel scenario that isn't fraught with compromise that, um, that either doesn't fulfill the goal of keeping our performing arts organizations alive uh, and thriving, or just doesn't actually do that whole sort of iconic preservation that a remodel would have as one of its goals. But we're working on that. And that's one of the reasons, frankly, that we are kind of stalling another month to two months, well, six weeks, to get a, a recommendation into the city is because we want to see if it's feasible to have a remodel scenario that's cleaner than the ones that have been presented by consultants so far. Um, the new build scenario, basically, as Larry, as Larry voiced earlier, you put it somewhere, and then operations can continue in the current facilities until that project is complete. Um, okay, so many questions from audience <laughs> <laughs> members here. Um, one question says, I think I read that oil was discovered below Century 2. If true, how much might it be worth? Is this... This is a wild rumor. Where did this? Do we have any idea where that came from? Or that's, that's definitely true? a wild rumor. We don't have if enough you, space in the shop for an oil derrick as well. <laughs> <laughs> if what? you if you wanted to get an oil underneath C two, you could get to it without touching C two. So, <laughs> but and we would have done that already if someone had figured it out. What discussion, if any, has been had about environmental considerations from green building to community wellness in renovations or demolition? Yeah, I'd say the environmental concerns that have been discussed so far um, include, one, there are uh, current issues with the facility that no matter what we touch it to do, will need to be, the asbestos will need to be mitigated. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that's your first $15 million. Welcome to that bill. Um, and there's other issues with what, you know, if we were, uh, if we were doing a substantial remodel or demolishing the building. I, one of the things that people don't think about when they think about um, in, the environmental factors here and the sustainability of the facility is, again, it's two and a half times bigger than it needs to be. So let's imagine you put modern facilities in a chunk of it, um, the rest of that facility lying fallow um, or being somehow square peg round hole into other uses. You know, we'd need to be really smart about that or you end up with this giant energy and maintenance and operational, you know, sort of albatross holding back the future success of the performing arts programs and the, you know, the city's operation of the facility. So there are elements to this from a sustainability perspective that we've looked into, you know, what are we going to do with a bunch of concrete if we turn it down? We haven't, or if we tear it down, we haven't gotten that far yet. But, um, but clearly facilities you create from scratch can have uh, environmental components built into them that are harder to do in renovations, but not impossible. No, I, I, I concur. You looked like you wanted to say something. Um, another audience question here. What is the artist's labor union's position on moving forward? Do existing contracts factor into this discussion? Mitch, can you? I guess that's me. <laughs> Um, uh, the labor union we deal the most with here in town is uh, IOTSE, International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. 
Um, our, um, our future with them regarding uh, contracts, either one-on-one -on -one or the contract they currently hold with the city uh, on our behalf, uh, are, are still very much uh, up for discussion. We're still um, working through what those are going to be. There were recent um, uh, wage increases that were approved by uh, the city. Uh, we've honored those. Um, uh, the, the discussion going forward, I think, uh, isn't clear, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I, I believe that there is a place at the table for them. I think that our uh, IATSE employees do a lot to uh, educate our people we bring in during the summer. If uh, our summer staffers move on to a larger city, such as uh, New York, Chicago, LA, uh, after they get their training here, chances are they're going to be working with the union or they're going to be working uh, within the union. So I think it's it's great that we have a relationship with them and, and members of the union are uh, some of my very good friends. So I, I do hope that there's a future there. I don't know what that future is. Right now the IATSE does business uh, pretty much exclusively with the city uh, and not with individual tenants. Uh, so that's where we're sitting right now. As far as their um, uh, their unified vision on uh, to keep Century 2, to renovate Century 2, to build a new performing arts center. Uh, I, I couldn't claim to speak for them, uh, and uh, I think you would find that their views are as many and varied as uh, the individuals in this room. So uh, that's what I know about that. It's not much. Sorry. <laughs> um, I want to talk a little bit about the, well, the pr well price tag or who pays it. Uh, actually, is this going to be, you know, taxes? Is there a public-private partnership coming down the pike here, Larry? You know? All of the above. <laughs> I mean, it. The decision isn't made. Obviously, it's going to have to be paid for. <laughs> when we looked at uh, uh, the Coliseum years ago and what we were going to do with the Coliseum, uh, there was a price tag attached to that. Uh, do we spend the money to renovate it and leave it out there in Park City, or do we build a new one downtown? And, and the decision was made after an education process uh, of the community to build one downtown. And now we've got a great uh, facility down here in Trust Bank Arena. And, and uh, so it was done and it, the tax was there. And, but again, it's, it's over and now we can do something similar. You look at Oklahoma City, they did the MAPS program where they had a tax and uh, they put up I mean, they've done so many things down there with uh, the river and uh, the ballpark and, and uh, everything that they've built down there. So it could be done. Uh, somebody out in the audience could step up and write a $200 million check. Uh, I think, uh, I, well, I mean, uh, tonight or what, I mean, tomorrow night is uh, the, the lotto is $240 million, So if somebody wants to buy a ticket and donate and we win that, great. That'll, that'll take care of it. So Yeah, we as a committee, um, through Larry, bought four Powerball tickets. Um, we were just going to take care of it. One fell swoop. But. Um, would it, could it be put to a vote at ultimately, or is this going to be the city council's decision? I, I think the answer is both. Um, what our committee is really tackling is can we compose after thoughtfully doing our homework, getting up to speed on the studies, pressing the consultants and the experts for frankly perhaps better ideas and scenarios than we've gotten to date, can we go to city leadership and to the community with a vision? Because nothing happens without a compelling vision. And, and 
you know, you've heard some of this, but I will tell you what the vision will and won't include. It will not include an option for killing our performing arts organizations. It will not include a, a sort of small pitch patch. We have done as much pitch patching as can possibly be done. This is gonna be a large scale project, no matter what direction we come at it, remodel or build new. Um, and it won't be meh, because there's no point in doing this. There's no, I mean, Carla talked about the pivot point that we have as a community. Uh, we've got the opportunity to look forward to you know, our kids' generation, our grandkids' generation, and the next 50 years of Wichita and the core area and do something that is a signature project. It is, we've, we've looked at economic development statistics, we've looked at studies from other cities, and the fact of the matter is, whether a citizen ever goes to a musical theater performance or the symphony or an opera, they make living, living and relocation decisions around performing arts and fine arts um, amenities. They make living relocation and leisure decisions based on downtowns, um, whether that's gathering space or its facilities. So we wanna do something that's meaningful to the entire community. And the great part is, um, whether it ends up as a vote to tack on a sales tax for X years and all that, we don't have that formula yet because first, frankly, we need the vision. But the very good news is that people care. 2014, so four plus years ago now, 85% of this community weighed in that they absolutely saw a need for a new or remodeled modern performing arts facility that could support these excellent organizations. You can't get 85% of this community to agree on anything. <laughs> and we got 85% of the community to volunteer that they believe that was important for our community going forward. More recently, Project Wichita, when they put out their detailed survey, 60% of the respondents put into the category of essential or very important. That doesn't even count the ones that called it important that we get a modern performing arts facility suitable for the next 50 years. That is tremendous public support for doing something right. So that's our job, is to come up with what the something right is. And our, our research into other communities, whether it's Oklahoma City or elsewhere in the country, is that once you've figured out a vision that people can get behind and that isn't meh, and that's got some accountability to it and a, you know, a real path forward, then not only can you get or build public support, but you can in fact help get to the best place um, in terms of public or private contributions. But you can't get there without a vision and you can't get there without accountability and that's the framework that we're trying to build. So is the end of the, the committee's job to provide that vision to the city council? This, we almost have the vision here, right? We're close to a vision. We're getting there. <laughs> yeah, and here, and I think um, there'll be some stewardship. You guys will see this as the Project Wichita results come out at the end of this month and in early January. The stewardship of this vision going forward will transition a bit. So the 12 members of this committee um, will remain engaged just because we're passionate about it. Um, but the, the real work, the campaign, if you will, to keep this in the public eye, to turn it into real drawings, to make sure that the, the framework for accountability for how a project like this could get done, how it won't sit on the shelf for another five or six or eight years, um, that we will help develop in conjunction with Project Wichita and with city leadership so that the community can, community can have faith uh, in not only the process, like what's the best idea, which we're working on, but the who's gonna carry forward it and is it worth 
my participation as a taxpayer, as a donor, whatever your status might be. I want to get through a, a few more audience questions, um, kind of looking for uh, specifics on some of these things that, uh, for example, uh, the staff uh, is intimately involved with the building. Um, how do you use their expertise in decision making? You've spoken with them uh, in depth. What, how are they helping to inform the vision? Well, through the education process, uh, as Mary Beth said, we've met with each organization several times and talked to them. The staff of Century Two. Oh yeah, I mean John D'Angelo sits on our meeting on our board with us and uh, is in every one of our meetings. Um, gosh, I, I'm not sure how many others have we've talked to, but. Uh, the staff at Century Two is intimate. You know, I think one of the things that I think that other than the going dark that was so much said by each one of the organizations was don't leave us out of the decision process. And that's one of the things that we were committed to, that they would stay at the table from the decision all the way through. Uh, there is not going, at least from my standpoint, I wouldn't let any one of them not lose their voice in this whole process. Um, another question here, would uh, the Broadway theater community be able to help fund repairs at all? What do you think about that, Mitch? I mean, it's something in it for them too, right? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, um, gosh, that's, that is a very difficult question for me to answer, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I. I think there may be a willingness there. Uh, right now, Music Theater Wichita is getting ready to celebrate uh, 50 years of being in business, so we're lining up some of our most star-studded people to come and uh, help us do uh, some improvements on our organization in particular, so we're growing our endowment. So no matter what happens with this building, we can weather the storm because uh, inevitably there will be surprises along the way. So we're definitely pursuing that where uh, our, our individual organization is concerned, but. Uh, I wouldn't say it's out of the question, it's just not, uh, I work behind the scenes, so <laughs> I, I don't know um, how feasible it would be to solicit, say, our, our performers or, or who live up in New York uh, for this sort of thing. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't disagree with any of that. I do think, in talking with Wayne and, and others who are um, driving the excellence in these uh, performing arts organizations, um, as we get a more fine-tuned vision, elements of that vision will become um, rallying points that the fine arts organizations, both locally and in their broader networks nationally, um, can, can try to help get grants and donors and other participation on board. For example, there is really not a capability in Century Two as it's currently imagined. A remodel could sort of get us this, but if we went the direction of a new build, we would have the opportunity to design uh, amenities and sort of different experiences, some VIP angles, some different different ways to participate in a performance. Those galleries, those gathering spaces, those facilities would be highly eligible and and the f probably the easiest things to sell to both to donors both locally and to organizations nationally. Other things that we could build in with distinction that would be aspects of the overall facility that had panache to them, a gallery of the history of the organizations, uh, a grand hall, an entrance hall. I mean, 
once we have those elements as part of the vision, I think we can do that. And, and Wayne and the other leaders of the fine arts organizations that operate out of Century Two have absolutely expressed their willingness to help be advocates of those opportunities to folks that love what they do and to organizations that help drive the furtherance of the fine arts nationally. Um, we haven't heard much of anything positive about how wonderful the building is. Can someone expand on this a little bit? <laughs> Did we forget that? <laughs> well, when you, when you say positive things, the building has has been very positive. I mean, we heard there were 50 years of music theater there. It, it we became great in this building. Yeah, you this became is great. What we owe our greatness to is this building. Uh, the vision for another 50 years might just look slightly different right. is really what we're coming up against. We don't do theater the same way we did 50 years ago. And I think that's the thing that no one is saying that the building is yuck. Uh, we're, we're saying that to go forward, things are changing. So what are we going to do to continue to have a fine arts facility in Wichita. And that's what we want to do to capture. I mean, one of the people that made a presentation to the group, uh, you know, everybody has seen the actors are, that are on ropes on, on stage and they do this. You know, in, in New York, they don't use the ropes now. They, they were actually interviewing people that they were going to fly in on drones through the theater to be on stage. I mean, that's how things are changing. Who would have thought 50 years ago you had to have a space big enough to have a drone to, to come in? <laughs> I mean, now I'm not saying we have to keep that as mine, but that's, theater is changing. And what we're saying is, is our facility going to be able to accept those changes? And if we want to, we have to work towards that. For the life of the arts in Wichita, something must be done. We can't sit in this facility the way it is for another 10 or 20 years and just defer maintenance and kick the can down the road. Our artistic organizations <laughs> will absolutely suffer. Like I said, we'll plateau, we'll decline, and we'll lose the national reputation we have for what we do here. To do nothing is just straight up unacceptable, to be perfectly honest with you. And look at what we, that then gives us a building of what can we do with the building. And again, that's, that's another decision that has to be made. What are we going to do afterwards if we decide on a new or renovate, what are we going to do? It's still another decision to be made on that building. Carla, what I think uh, there, as an audience question that gets exactly at that, but I want to let Carla uh, respond first. You had. Um, I was just. I just wanted to point out one of the uh, the really positive attributes of Century Two and in that location in general is that it is in a very exciting location in the city. It is riverfront. It is in downtown, right where all the action is happening right now. Um, you know, as you've seen with Nafsker Park being remodeled, um, Interest Bank, um, all the different areas of ballpark. Um, it is the place to be. So I think leveraging our, um, the location will will just. Um, be incredibly beneficial in the future. Mm -hmm. Take it from one millennial, we love sexy downtown spaces. <laughs> if you can bring life to the downtown area, you're gonna see some of this brain drain that's going on in other conversations in the city 
I think you'll see that start to decline a little bit because uh, uh, we love vibrant downtown areas. We love cultural art centers. I think uh, a renovated or a rebuilt Century 2 has so much potential for uh, classrooms, for galleries, for flexible spaces, for the smaller community theaters that exist in this community. This could truly be uh, the arts and cultural hub of uh, Wichita. Right now in its current configuration, that's impossible with the way it's laid out. It's just not conducive to that. Um, so I, I think absolutely the location where it is on the riverfront, I think the second floor wraparound balcony that very few people get to use uh, is incredibly, uh, incredibly nice. I love walking out there personally. Um, it couldn't be better. So I think, I think we've got a prime location to do whatever we're going to do with it uh, right there uh, in downtown. Um, so let's get to that next question here. Um, Century 2 suffers from a lack of maintenance funds. These funds would not be provided in a new facility, um, an audience member is writing. Uh, how would this be addressed? Is this true, and how would that be addressed? Well, I think any, anyone would know that there's, there's times that people make decisions to defer maintenance, uh, whether they're good or, or right, you know, that's not my decision to make, but I mean, yes, there's maintenance that needs to be done. Uh, going forward, when you ask about going forward, yes, uh, things have to be incorporated, but remember, one of the things that you're talking about is a 300,000 square foot building, and you're talking about maintenance on a 300,000 square foot building. The new performing arts has to be less than, you know, maybe half of that, 150, 192,000, something like that. Well, there's a lot less maintenance, a third less maintenance, just because the facility is a third less the size. So uh, ongoing costs are going to be less because it's a smaller building. Yeah, I, I would add two components to that. First of all, um, one of the things the committee has been uh, focused on uh, intently is that the go-forward plan have an element of, I say, accountability um, and if you look at how Oklahoma City did some of their MAPS projects, they didn't put the first shovel into the ground until they had raised the funds to not only execute the project, but create an ongoing maintenance fund that would be sufficient and sustainable. Um, and there was private sector involvement in monitoring those projects and that the sustainability of the ongoing operations going forward. Uh, the other question about uh, Century 2 staff, one of the most important perspectives that we've gained from Century 2 staff is an understanding of the day-to-day of the -day operational economics of C2 as it is today and other, other facilities around the country. Larry's point about getting right-sizing the square footage for performing arts is one piece of it uh, and maintain that which you actually need rather than a bunch of surplus space. But the other points are you know, to try to give some credit to city leadership and operations to date, we've been thinking about doing something big with this for long enough that it didn't make sense to just shovel dozens of millions of dollars into renovations and modernization if, you know, if we had other solutions in mind. So we could be sitting here trying to figure out what to do with, you know, Century 2 going forward or performing arts facilities going forward, having shoveled a hundred million dollars into it just to make it ADA compliant and get rid of the asbestos and you know make the concrete prettier and and still have the same functionality issues so there's there's a little bit of a, of a mercy going backwards 
and a little bit of an insistence on accountability going forward, that and right-sizing the square footage that you use for performing arts rather than convention space that doesn't get used for conventions, uh, all of those I think are a part of the, um, the, the having the future feel different than the immediate past in terms of the economic stewardship. Um, I'm going to combine a couple of questions here and ask, uh, one, uh, is the structure of Century 2, uh, is it structurally sound uh, currently? And then two, would a new structure need to be earthquake resilient? Uh, yes, it's structurally sound. I mean, are there things that need to be repaired? You see concrete, uh, I mean, it cracks and things that do have to be done, but it's structurally sound, very sound. Uh, earthquake resistance, uh, how many quakes did we have last year? I mean, it, Wichita does, as far as I know, we don't have any codes that are based upon earthquakes and what you need to do. Building codes are building codes. I've got a 26-story building, and uh, it's sh shaken a couple of times in some of those quakes, but it ain't going anywhere, and neither is Century 2. Um, what will happen to the Wurlitzer organ? That's a great question. How many folks have heard of Wurlitzer performance? Right. So cool. So for those that don't know, it's a it's an amazing theater organ that was at the Paramount Theater in New York for many years until it was relocated uh, to Wichita. It is an astoundingly functional, um, really cool treasure that right now, back to the sound bleed and other issues that Carla and others touched on, um, performs very infrequently uh, in Century 2. Because when that baby is going, nothing else can go. Um, in fact, we're... We're, um, we're excited about getting more folks and younger generation folks interested in the Wurlitzer via um, programs that Wichita Festivals is involved in and, and elsewhere. Um, the fact is we don't know exactly um, how the, the organ is privately owned by a foundation, but it is housed within the century two we know of today. Uh, as we get deeper into designing a facility, how one might incorporate the organ, is it capable of um, being both theater, its own performances, or maybe entrance music. Um, somebody actually suggested that we uh, we see if maybe it could be housed in the new ballpark and combine theater organ with swanky new stadium. I don't know enough about the universe to know whether that's a good idea or not. But anyway, we are... Um, in dialogue with the foundation uh, folks that are that are very passionate about the Wurlitzer organ and that own it as an asset, uh, and kind of like the other performing arts organizations, we wouldn't want to leave them behind. That said, it is a unique asset that sort of needs weird stuff in order to have it be housed. Um, the hope is that folks that need weird space could help us afford the weird space, and uh, but we'll keep that dialogue going forward. Um, with the Arts Commission soon being under Governor Kelly, could Century 2 become a city-state partnership? A city-state partnership. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think it is more likely that between the city and the county residents, there's enough momentum to you know, help uh, get behind this from a, a, a sponsorship, right, a, a funding perspective. Uh, are there some state grants or other things that could be pursued? That's possible. 
Uh, I think as we get a vision together that's worth the whole state being proud of, I mean, we are uh, the biggest city in the state and we are the, the destination point for performing arts for folks around the state, I think we can be, um, we can be loud, we can be noisy about that and pursue avenues, but I think it's gonna be up to us as a, a community, whether that's city or county or the, the greater metropolitan area, we'll see, um, that this is our gem. These are our you know, amazing organizations that we wanna find a, a future home for and we're gonna have to lead the way. Here's an interesting question. Um, is the old Wichita Central Library being considered in the plans at all? When you, when you ask, is it being considered in the plans, are you saying, is it as far as use as it is, or use being removed? I mean, I can only imagine what they okay. were asking, but well, I would guess that obviously as a temporary space, or, you know. It, it can't be used as a temporary performing space. Uh, there are some neat uh, projects with hotels and uh, unique things that ha I've seen done with facilities like that. So yeah, there's a lot of discussion about that. But again, if you take that building uh, and want to rehab that, that's a, a separate question than us because the theater, performing arts could not be in that. Can it house offices? Sure. That's another unique building that we have to look on and say what could be done with that building. Yeah, I, we don't, those of us on the committee know only slightly more than the the broad citizenry on this, but I have heard the old library more often discussed as potentially having um, conversion kind of use on the convention side, meeting rooms, et cetera, more so than performing arts, or as a home for some of the arts organizations, and uh, you know, Mitch mentioned a couple of. Um, so we've heard a variety of ideas about the old library, and I will tell you that we as a committee um, have not focused on the library either for use or for its footprint, right? To shove it and, you know, and replace it. Uh, that's really not been our scope and not a solution that we think is, is viable or pertinent to the performing arts solution. So we aren't touching the library. And I've actually heard some cool ideas about others that uh, are giving it some thought. I'll say that having our administrative offices in the same building that we produce and present in is an incredible benefit. Uh, certainly, we would move to the library building if given the choice between that and nothing. Um, <laughs> however, it, it's incredibly helpful for me uh, during a, a busy day of production to uh, take the elevator up to the second floor, pop into the office, get something signed, and then pop back downstairs. Uh, so I. I if given my druthers and asked my opinion, I would, I would love to keep our offices in the same building uh, that we produce and uh, present out of. Uh, this is a question for Mitch. Um, while your organization has no official position, what wish or lament do you most often hear from the arts community? So we're united on a great many things. Music Theater Wichita takes... Um, uh, most use of the building in, in that we utilize the most spaces whenever we're at peak production during the three months of the summer. Not every, not every organization uses the, the scene shop to its full ex extent. Not everybody retrofits the Mary Jane Teal trap room into our prop shop. Our props master is actually sitting right there. Um, uh, not, uh, not every uh, organization uh, spreads out like we do, so we're unique in that facet. One of the things that we can all agree on, though, is the fact that the sound bleed is absolutely horrible. 
and we get that note from our patrons, we get it from our donors, uh, and, and those complaints come to us. They don't go to the city, uh, you know, uh, even though, uh, you know, they're the ones who can do something about it. We can't, uh, the, the other organizations or the, you know, a party or whatever in the adjacent hall is paid uh, good money to put on their event, just like we have, uh, and that's kind of the trouble of where we're sitting right now. Um, uh, so, so that's the one thing we're all unified in. I, there's a great many other things, but that's, if you had to pinpoint one thing, that would be it. My, my, my biggest concern is the health and safety uh, aspects of, of the space. Um, if you were to ask me individually, that's what I would tell you. Uh, I, I think uh, as far as a training space and as far as a safe space to do business, we could be doing a lot better. Uh, so that's yeah. I mean, I think Mitch is maybe being a little kind on that. The I mean, there, there's literally welding in a hallway in a basement, and that's the best they can do. We and we, we it's yeah. yeah. Sorry. Sorry, and I don't mean to interrupt. We provide our people with respirators. Yeah. We provide our people with, with. Uh, so we're not we're not asking them like you will weld in the hallway. You know, um, we provide them with respirators. We 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 turn on. 10 box fans to get air circulating, but ultimately it's a hallway. It's not meant to weld in. Uh, a proper welding hallway, or... <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, that's comedy, folks. Um, a, a proper welding shop would have uh, large air movers. They would have air scrubbers to clean up anything that didn't get moved by the ventilation. Uh, and uh, you would have uh, proper uh, welding screens uh, set up all over the place where people wouldn't walk by and casually see a welding art going on. So uh, we do the best we can. We put up temporary screens. We provide our people with uh, PPE to keep them safe. Uh, but in an ideal scenario, it would look much, much different than this, and, and, and perhaps we wouldn't have to go to these great lengths to make this workable for us. But we've made it workable, uh, and that's kind of how we do things. We, we get it done one way or another. Um, but yeah, so. Have you thought about making a video or something to show the public all of the, uh, the functional deficiencies of the space? Uh, well, we, we didn't make a video doing that specifically. Uh, again, we don't, uh, I, I don't want to sit up here and, and, and say all the negatives about Century 2. I mean, uh, I, I, I've got a list that I could give people, but I, that's not really the, the narrative I think we want to have. There's, uh, I think, we could be doing a lot better to educate our young people. I think we could be doing a lot better service for the community as far as the forward-facing uh, forward spaces in Century 2. However, um, a couple of years ago, Music Theater Wichita did produce a brief documentary. It's about 15 minutes long uh, called Definitely Broadway, and it shows uh, what we do uh, behind the scenes. It doesn't, we don't focus on anything negative. We focus about all, on all the positive things that Music Theater Wichita does for this city and the artistic community here and uh, in this state and in this nation. You can look it up on YouTube uh, or uh, I reckon it's on our website. Um, but we did make a video like that. Uh, however, a, a sort of a smear video I don't think would be in our best interest. I meant as a, <laughs> a, a way to inform the public. I mean, that sure, kind sure. of um, inspires another question, though. That Do you guys find, especially in the committee, that people uh, – are maybe pushing back against doing anything, you know, doing something major to Century 2? They don't know no. how bad it is? Every group that I've talked to, presented to, been involved in, talked over coffee, everybody wants to do the right thing. You know, whether the right thing is a new building or whatever, taking down Century 2, yes, there's a lot of love for the blue roof and what we have, 
but really there's more love for doing the right thing. And that's what they want to do. I mean, as Mary says, what, what's the word? No, what do you say? No, no math. You know, I hadn't heard that one. But yeah, you know, don't do it wrong. Do it right. And that's what I'm seeing. Hey, and by the way, we do have a website, uh, Century, Century2CitizensCommittee.com. Uh, yeah, two is II. Uh, so go to that. I mean, we've got some uh, of the uh, work that we've done that's on there where you can see some of the um, presentations we've made uh, that show some of the pictures and some of the thing. Our goal is to educate the community, the community as a whole on where we need to go, what the, uh, what's happened, and that's what we're trying to do. I believe that once the community is educated, we'll all make the right decision. We're not a bunch of fools. We're going to do what's right. We just need to be educated on what the paths are. Um, could recreating the area mean better use of the river and uh, you know, river access and kind of a, a way to expand use of downtown? Um, I've read about the Century 2 Riverfront Complex, kind of as a, uh, thinking about that as a whole. Um, and maybe using pieces of that for different businesses to activate the water more. Um, is this uh, a part of the uh, a part of the puzzle that's being considered? Uh, that's definitely been part of the dialogue we've had is how to maximize the space, uh, whether it's a remodel or a build new scenario. Um, I think the you know it's such a downtown is such a hub and a performing arts center is such a cultural heart of a city that we are, as Mary Beth said and, and several of our committee members have, have said and made comparisons to Millennial Park, it is a, a place that the community can gather. Um, it's not just um, a benefit for people who buy tickets and, and attend. It's you know for kids who and families who have uh, picnics and the green space. It's for communities to gather, um, certain occasions, tree lightings and, and whatnot. Um, so it really is um, just for the whole community, not just for um, the select few who buy who buy tickets. Yeah, and I think you're, um, and you said it earlier, to have a vision for the revitalization of the both the west side and east side of the river uh, is a is a really important part of the of the opportunity we have right now in this point in time. I'd throw out there. I used to manage the Broadview, and y'all remember that the swimming pool on the Broadview used to be on the backside there, and how deplorable it was to walk along the river right there and. And I mean, you talk about something that's sexy now from that, that whole path along in front of there and, and how we turned the broad view around and now the entrance is on the, on the seaside versus that, but they, made, they engaged the river. I mean, it's gorgeous. And uh, look at River Vista, the apartments there. What was over there? Nothing. And now you've got the apartments there and, and the walk along there. We've got the uh, rowboat things that come out. What, I know that's not, they don't call them rowboat things, but... <laughs> The skull, skull boats. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's fabulous. And yes, we need to engage. I used to manage a hotel in San Antonio on the river. I mean, think about, could we do that here and engage the river? Yeah. I, I look, uh, look up uh, the gathering place in Tulsa as an example of what can be done with a riverfront. Uh, that is a very exciting place to be um, right now. And uh, I won't say any more about it uh, because that 
you know, their, their concerns and their needs are probably a little bit different than ours. But if you're looking for a project that can be placed on a river that makes good use of the river, that's open to the entire community, that's got things for all ages to do, that is a very, very exciting place to go. I know I was very fired up when I heard that it was under construction and now it's open. So uh, take a look at that. Well, and if you, if you look back, you don't have to look very far back in Wichita's history to see a point where we had the opportunity to do something okay or to do something distinctive, uh, and that was Exploration Place. I mean, the, the, the city's original idea was a child's kind of science museum. The, the, the first site that was seriously considered was under the overpass of Kellogg, kind of by the now defunct Gander Mountain, kind of the south end of you know Water Walk. They wanted to kind of tuck it in there as a little children's museum, but um, both private citizens and uh, public leaders had a different vision for that. And what did we get instead? We got a Moshi Softy building uh, before Kansas City got theirs and before Crystal Bridges got theirs, um, in fact, based on Exploration Place. So distinctive architecture, signature facility with great, wonderful programs for families and citizens of the community but also a distinctive signature effort that incorporated the river and that created something distinctive and special about our skyline, about our riverfront, and about our, our city's cultural life. So we've got the opportunity to be thinking in those terms, and we've just got to make sure we do it in a really smart and integrated way. So what's next, or what would you I think it'd be nice for each of you to kind of add uh, something here. What what uh, would you like to convey to us that maybe we haven't talked about yet or um, what you think is coming next as far as timeline goes? Uh, what's coming next is y'all getting out there, educating. Yeah, I was raised in Texas. I can say y'all. <laughs> uh, everybody getting behind and making a decision to make it happen. I mean, we're not going to make it happen. It's y'all that's going to make it happen. And it just needs to, as Mitch said, quit kicking the can down the road and let's get it done. I mean, that's all it's going to take. And educate everybody as to what the options are, and then let's make a smart decision, get the funding going, and make it happen. Yeah, I, w I, I agree with Larry. I mean, here's... We, we've still got some, you know, ciphering to do on some of our scenarios, including, as I mentioned, a remodel scenario that doesn't have as many compromises as those that have been presented us uh, so far. So we're working on that. But in round numbers, you are likely looking at a project that is nearly the same cost, whether you renovate or build new. You could have a little bit more on the renovate scenario, just depending on uh, how much capability we're really going to add. Uh, how, how forward looking are we going to be within the existing facility if we decide to renovate? So renovation might be a bit more expensive. Um, new might be a little less expensive and give you more gathering space. Again, we're working on all that. Either way, it's going to be a gigantic bill and it's going to be an opportunity for us to do something that serves the next three generations of, of Wichitans and folks in the region and in the state. And so our effort, as we get out to all the district advisory boards in January, as you have the opportunity to weigh in via the website with email traffic and questions, 
as you have the chance to, inter to interact with any of us, we want opinions. We hope that they're educated opinions um, and that they have the kind of scope that, it, that, that we think this project's gonna require. Um, but use this next month or so to both learn and be heard. But then when that recommendation comes out, um, we really hope that folks um, can be a part of the solution and not just hold leaders' feet to the fire that this continues to move forward. As long as we do what we say we're gonna do, which is give you something worth supporting. Uh, and that's our job. When is the recommendation happening? We haven't scheduled it yet. My guess is we're looking at the very last part of January uh, to go to city council and dovetail in with the project Wichita Crew. If I could just add one more thing. Um, as we've all mentioned, this is really an investment in our future, um, the future of our city. Um, many of us on the committee and, and many of you have kids and grandkids and we want them to stay. We don't want to be, them to be lured to another city, Kansas City, Tulsa, Oklahoma City, Dallas. We want them to have pride in our city and to, to stay here and raise their families here. So it's really fo a forward-looking a forward vision that we, we hope to have and, and hope to, to gain some momentum. And we're just waiting on pins and needles to hear what the recommendation is from the committee. Uh, as I said, Music Theater Wichita d doesn't endorse one way or another. We're, we're going to do whatever's best for the city and whatever's best for us as uh, an organization. Uh, I've said it twice. I'll say it a third time. Do not leave the tenant organizations out of this discussion. <laughs> do not do that. Um, this, this building is for the people of Wichita. Uh, and we are your hometown arts organizations that bring the art to you guys. So um, uh, just whatever whatever we can do to help, we are there waiting. We, we will uh, consult with you. We will uh, tell you what we need on our end. We're happy to come together as a group and make recommendations, whatever the case may be. Uh, just do not leave us out in the dark as we move forward with this uh, plan. All right. Round of applause. <laughs> that was a wonderful discussion. Gosh, I don't know if I've ever had so many audience questions. I think we got through them all. Thank you guys so much for coming out. Thank you all so much for your information. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. The panel uh, will hang out here for a few minutes if you'd like to come and uh, ask, uh, ask your question that didn't get asked or something else um, and I hope that you all will join us for next month's Engage ICT. It will be Tuesday, January 16th right here at Roxy's downtown. Um, the topic is to be announced but if you liked tonight you'll like what we're doing in January. So thank you all very much for coming out and have a great evening. Thanks for joining us for Engage ICT Democracy on Tap. Find more podcasts and videos at engageict.org. This show was hosted at Roxy's downtown in Wichita, Kansas. The engineer is Mark Statzer, Beth Golay is the producer, and I'm the host. For KMUW, I'm Sarah Jane Crespo.